You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. One Hour Photo, which came out in 2002. It was directed by Mark Romanek. It stars Robin Williams, Connie Nielsen, Michael Varton, Gary Cole, Dylan Smith, Aaron Daniels, Clark Gregg, and Eric LaSalle. The genre would be psychological thriller. During business hours, he serves you with a smile. I've watched him grow since he was this big. I almost feel like Uncle Si. Si the photo guy. You're a very lucky man, Mr. Yorkin. But after hours, he has you. What you got there, family photos? All to himself. This is all pretend. Academy Award winner Robin Williams. Come on! Try! One photo rated R. I remember feeling compelled to rewatch this a few years ago after seeing Joker. Me, I'm just a sucker for these sorts of, quote, disaffected loner goes mad movies, at least when they're done well. And I have always considered this one, One Hour Photo, to be among the better ones. Right alongside Falling Down but just below, well, a little bit below, Scorsese's elite duo of Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. This also happened to be the feature directorial debut of Mark Romanek, after a previous 15-year career of directing iconic music videos for the likes of Nine Inch Nails, Fiona Apple, and R.E.M., among others. Romanek did some iconic ones back in the 90s, too, including the video for Nine Inch Nails' Closer and Fiona Apple's Criminal both of which made their marks by putting a strong emphasis on sleaze and grime in search of something poetic. And by comparison, that makes the ultra-clean look of this film all the more stark. This might be the cleanest-looking modern movie I can recall. I mean, seriously, you could eat off of pretty much every flat surface shown within this film. Short of the Yorkins' picturesque home, everything else in this movie just has an immaculate, stark look about it. Jeff Cromenweth was the cinematographer, and he would go on to also work on most David Fincher films. You could definitely see this film taking place in the same universe as Gone Girl, for instance. Romanek is clearly going for a very chilly, dare I say Kubrickian, vibe here, with all this taking place within an unnamed, nondescript suburb. And at the core of it is an uncharacteristically stone-faced Robin Williams playing Cy, the photo guy, as he's nicknamed. He develops photos for the public, back when this was more of a thing, at the photo center of a big-box department store named Save Mart, and with Lumberg from Office Space playing his boss, no less. Of course, I'm referring to the actor Gary Cole. I love him in Office Space. Cy is obsessed with his job, and is even more so obsessed with developing pictures for the Yorkin family, who are steady customers and whom he has sort of befriended, at least the mother and the son. They're a seemingly adorable nuclear family of basic suburban types, played by Michael Varden, Dylan Smith, and the often underrated Connie Nielsen. As you would expect, Cy eventually gets more involved with their lives when he discovers something. Williams truly nails every aspect of this character, with his close-cropped hair, minimalist clothes, and pale skin, very unrecognizable here. He presents himself as a cold figure who fits well within this world. He speaks in an unaffected tone, 
often stares straight ahead and is always either walking or standing upright. And what helps make his character somewhat more relatable is a semi-regular voiceover that he provides, often talking about how important photos are to him. I'm sure my customers never think about it. But these snapshots are their little stands against the flow of time. The shutter's clicked. The flash goes off. And they've stopped time. If just for the blink of an eye. And gratefully, the overall story stays quite simple, leading up to an increasingly tense but never overplayed climax. We eventually watch Psy channel all of his past traumas and present obsessions into actions towards the Yorkins, which are both extreme and confounding in their nature. This whole thing wraps up at just around 90 minutes, which is all the more impressive considering all of the technical mastery that Romanek has still been able to showcase, while still bringing the audience to a full understanding of Psy and what drives him. Pretty amazing for a first-time director. And now that brings us to the categories. The first category would be Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film, because music is essential to film. One Hour Photo has a fantastic atmospheric score from a very talented duo of musicians, Reinhold Heil and Johnny Klimek. Reinhold was born in Germany and started out as a rock musician in the 70s and 80s. He mainly played keyboard and excelled at electronic music. Eventually in the 90s, he became a composer for TV and film when he eventually partnered with Johnny Klimek. Johnny Klimek held from Australia and started out as an aspiring rock musician as well in the 80s, also before eventually becoming a composer in the 90s. By the end of the decade, both of them broke out big time as composers with a truly memorable score slash soundtrack for Tom Tykwer's Run Lola Run, a German action thriller from 99, which I just love and will definitely review at some point. And the high energy music throughout that film was a big part of what made it work. A couple of years later, they would collaborate on a score for their first American film, which would turn out to be this film. And it's a very effective synth score, which also incorporates the use of strings and bells throughout. We hear themes of mournfulness, observation, and just pure escalating tension, which especially kicks in during the climax as we watch Psy enact his version of, well, justice towards one of the Yorkins. As things ramp up, the music really starts to kick in, especially with the use of chimes. It's just a gorgeous piece of music, which genuinely helps bring the film to its dramatic high point. The track is called The Pursuit.
The next category would be wasted talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. This movie has a pretty strong cast all around, and most of them not only do the job that they were hired to do, but this being a film very much about the importance of images, most everyone really looks exactly like the type of character they are supposed to portray. That said, I've always been on the fence about Michael Varton, who plays Will Yorkin, the father-slash-husband of the family, being stalked by Cy in this movie. And it might not even be the actor's fault. Yeah, this is more of a minor nitpick. You see, around the time that this movie came out, Varden had been carving a niche for himself, generally playing nice-guy male love interests on the show Alias, along with rom-coms like Never Been Kissed and Monster-in-Law. Early on in this movie, during what might be its actual weakest scene, his will is called out by his wife as being, quote, emotionally neglectful. And honestly, the dude has seemingly had such a warm, expressive face for the most part, which he even seems to have during this scene, that I was not quite sure I bought this about his character. I love you, Neen. I do. But if, if you continually want our life to look like something out of a magazine, I'm sorry, I've got to work to make that happen. Do you even believe what you're saying? Huh? This is not about things, Will. And it's not about money. You're neglectful. Do you understand that? What? You're an emotionally neglectful husband. And you're an emotionally neglectful father. We honestly don't see nor hear too much from him throughout the remainder of the movie. And that might be by design. The most we could really go on besides that one awkward dialogue scene is the nice guy image that he portrays in all those pictures. I think that's what Romanek might have been going for with this casting. I'm just not sure if Varden might have been miscast, as his character is meant to portray someone darker, or even if Varden had enough opportunity to show this. Considering that this movie came out in 2002, I can honestly think of several conventionally handsome actors, around 30, along the lines of Varden, who might have been better fits for this role. Yeah, there are actually some pretty obvious ones, like Josh Duhamel, Eric Dane, Gabriel Macht. And if we're going super obvious... One word, Affleck. And now the next category. That would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. When they are done right, I am always a sucker for, quote, how-to montage sequences in movies where we see our protagonist, or antagonist actually, demonstrating their craft. Sometimes they are narrated and sometimes not. But they can be engaging demonstrations of the intricacies of a craft or job. Scorsese really mastered these types of sequences for the modern age, especially in the movie Casino, which featured at least two extended montages narrated by both De Niro and Pesci as the camera took us on the trail that money takes through the casinos in Vegas. And this movie has one such standout sequence early on as we hear Williams lovingly narrate about the importance of photo development and photos in general, while we witness each step of the film development process up close the fluids running through the processing machine, the little beams of light going through the negatives, the blades used to cut those prints after they are sized up. It all feels kind of actually sci-fi in how it's portrayed, as if what we are actually witnessing are the inner workings of a spaceship. Everything we see looks crisp, clean, and well choreographed. Yeah, the similarities to one of Kubrick's early wordless sequences in 2001 are certainly there. Of course, this sequence is not wordless, and William's narration actually really sells it. He's basically explaining to the audience the craft and care involved with this job. It's a great setup for his character in that it shows both how meticulous and detached Cy really is. Some people think that this is a job for a clerk. 
they actually believe that any idiot that attends a two-day seminar can master the art of making beautiful prints in less than an hour. But of course, like most things, there's far more to it than meets the eye. I've seen the prints they fob off on people at the Rexall or Fotec. Milky, washed-out prints. Two dark prints. There's no sense of reverence for the service they're providing for people. I process these photos as if they were my own. And speaking of Psy, that brings us to the final category, the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Now, this film being a technical marvel, I'm tempted to choose Romanek, who just has such a mastery of the camera and pacing for what could have been just a clunky approximation of your typical 90s stalker thriller. But honestly, with all the mastery in front of and behind the camera here, this film simply does not work without the sublime performance of Robin Williams. He is portraying someone both off-putting and sympathetic at the same time. It's a tightrope of a performance, which also brings its share of baggage with it, which would be Robin Williams' filmography in the 10 years leading up to this film. Most of it, at least. You see, we had him play creeps before, and I can say, without irony, that he did play a genuine creep in Mrs. Doubtfire. Sorry, he did. And Hook, think about it. And Jack. Well, the whole idea of that film was actually quite creepy, if we're being fair. But being one of the biggest stars on the planet at the time, these characters were always written and presented to us as true protagonists who we were supposed to root for. For too many years after the breakout success of both Good Morning Vietnam and Dead Poet Society in the late 80s, Robin Williams just kind of fell into that movie star trap of always having to be likable. Adding to that, he would also be expected to carry over much of his high-energy stream-of-consciousness stand-up act with him to every role. You know, the impressions, all the rapid-fire banter. And by the time we got to seeing him bring this to just insufferable levels in films like Patch Adams during the late 90s, it became abundantly clear that Robin Williams, the genie persona, had supplanted Robin Williams, the actor. Well, gratefully, in the early 2000s, we saw the return of Robin Williams, the actor. And 20 years ago, in the summer of 2002, it was a genuine thrill to see this manifested in not only this film, but with an, an even more sinister villain turn in Chris Nolan's underrated thriller Insomnia, which came out just a few months before this. In one hour photo, he is not playing a protagonist who we are expected to root for, but he is playing a very complicated and disturbed human being who we want to understand. No shtick, no vanity. He's very much stripped down, yet commanding all the same. And for delivering what I would consider his best dramatic performance, Robin Williams is the MVP. And if these pictures have anything important to say to future generations, it's this. I was here. I existed. I was young. I was happy. And someone cared enough about me in this world to take my picture. My rating for one hour of photo would be four and a half stars out of five. It has now been eight years, wow, since the tragic, unexpected passing of Robin Williams. And besides maybe Michael Jackson or Prince, I cannot recall another celebrity death in recent years which elicited such an outpouring of emotion and remembrance. 
He was clearly just such a beloved talent for all the humor and warmth that he brought to so many people, myself included. Upon his passing, this was one of the first films I felt the need to revisit as I remembered liking it in theaters. And each time I now watch One Hour Photo, it just gets better and better. It's truly one of the best things that he has done as a performer, right alongside his now legendary 1983 stand-up special, An Evening with Robin Williams, his Oscar-winning performance for Goodwill Hunting, The Birdcage. Ah, here we go. Some of Agador's superb soup. And we're in luck because he doesn't make this for everybody. This is his specialty. Seafood chowder. Oh, isn't that an egg? What? An egg. Why, yes, it is. It is a huevo. <laughs> this is so Guatemala. They put hard-boiled eggs in everything down there because, you know, chicken is so important to them. It's their only real currency. A woman is said to be worth her weight in hens, and a man's wealth is measured by the size of his cock. Will you excuse me? And his delightful appearance in the music video for Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. R.I.P. to a truly singular talent. And if you're looking to watch One Hour Photo, it is available to rent or buy on all major streaming platforms. And that ends another Red-Eyed Review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.